and welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Nikia Anani and I'm your host. This week I was joined by an incredible lady with beautiful soul. Her name is Severine Nessens. She's a global lady who is passionate about high-achieving parents. She's a high-achieving parent herself. She was a co-preneur with her late husband who passed away tragically. Yet in spite of the difficult challenge and circumstance she found herself in, she continues to be a source of light. And who is navigating this life transition with such beauty and who chooses to shine in spite of the difficulty. And Severine is passionate about how do you navigate being a business owner, navigate managing and maintaining a household, navigate maintaining a marriage and parenting. And so we we went into all of that. She believes that every personal and business experience is a stepping stone for growth. I I was just amazed by her strength, by her wisdom, by her light, and I'm so sure you'll be blessed by it. So tune in and enjoy. Hi, welcome Severine to The Connected Generation. I'm so excited to have you today. Thank you so much, Nikkei. Me too. It's always exciting to connect with other women and with other entrepreneurs and podcasters. So I'm really honored to be here with you. Yes, indeed, it really is. And you're all the way in Mexico. Yes. <laughs> I'm originally from Belgium. I live in Mexico. I've been here for 22 years. So we're international. Global, global, indeed. Yes. And so today you're an expert on high achieving parents. Can you tell us more about how did you get to where you are today? Sure. I'd be happy to share my story. Really, the... the um, The focus of my coaching business for high achieving parents has come through life, through the experience of becoming a mom as an entrepreneur, as an independent coach. Um, I I have a business with with my late husband. Um, We set up businesses. I've been doing business for the last 20 years um, in and out of different areas. And when my daughter came along, my world got turned upside down. And bumping into issues I did not know existed, hmm. trying to combine running businesses, running household, taking care of a baby at the time, it was completely, it blew, it, I was, was overwhelmed. That? When Sorry? was she born? How long ago was this? That was almost 14 years. Oh. Mm-hmm. So as I ran into those issues of having to deal with new things in in the chapter of being a mom combined with being a wife and being um, a business owner, I started digging deeper into coaching. And I found that working on my mindset helped me get clarity, specifically clarity on how to manage things, on how to organize things, on how to create a more productive schedule, on how to get more things done in less time without getting super stressed over it. Hmm. So all of that experience have, has led me to today help other parents that are running businesses or high achievers in any realm. It could be in sports, it could be in business, it could be as CEOs of companies. It doesn't really matter or just 
household moms, you know, because mm. we as 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 women specifically, we can be high achievers and and be stay at home moms and take care of the family, support our, our husband with his business and so on. So my focus has shifted specifically to that uh, mm. in supporting others through my experience over the last 14 years as a mom and the last 20 somewhat years as an entrepreneur. So, um, and I've had great teachers. I've been uh, able to work with amazing mentors that have helped me and they keep helping me stay focused and keep my mindset on track so that I don't drift off into mm. the drama, that don't drift off into um, so many things that are going on. You know, we get distracted really easily. So um, mm. that is a little, little bit in a fast track how I got here to today uh, and I decided to create the High Achieving Parents podcast because um, there's plenty of information on parenting and there's a lot of information on how to be successful in business yeah. or professionally um, on whatever that is you do. But there was no combination of the two. You know, mm. it, it's sometimes it's even taboo as uh, especially for women, for moms to talk about the struggle that we have as mothers taking mm. care of our children and also fathers. I've had the, the, the pleasure of speaking with several dads on my podcast and I find out that they as well struggle with that combination of, Hey, I'm focusing on my business. I'm putting all of my time into my business, but then I'm taking time away from my family really. So mm. Mm. working with that, with that problematic uh, issue with parents and uh, entrepreneurs at the same time, because it's a combination of things is uh, is a true blessing for me to be able to support others. Wow. I want to know a little bit more about what makes people high achieving. Like what's, is it something that is ingrained in your DNA? Is it something that you catch? Is, is, is it nature? Is it nurture? Does it have different kind of, does it play out differently in women as it plays out with men? I just want to know a little bit more about the high achieving parent. For me, being a high achiever is something that many of us, we have in us. It's part of our, it's a character trait, I think, mm. that we are, we have those dreams, we have those yearnings to become successful, to get somewhere, whatever that is. Um, and also it's a combination, I think, as well with our, excuse me. No problem. <laughs> It's a combination. Real with life. Our, with, yes, life happens. Life happens in 2021. <laughs> All over the world. Yep. I, it's, I think it's also a combination. One, one thing is a character trait that we have, um, mm. that we always want more, that we want to become successful. And also it has to do with our education. Mm. It, a lot of it is it has to do with our upbringing. But then again, I have met high achievers that have come from upbringings that the families, there's no high achievers in the family, but they stand out, mm. you know, and that is the character trait, I think, that boosts us into becoming high achievers. And for your question, it, it does it play out differently for men and women. Mm. I think everything does play out differently for men and women. You know, we, we strive for equality and we strive to, um, to become more equal. However, we are so different mm. and we deal with things differently. Um, and I think, and I have met many women that are very high achieving 
and they're excellent moms and wives. And we, we are multitaskers and we do many things at the same time. Mm. So there is already a big difference with men and women in that, only that, because men tend to, and in general, this is a generalization and it is mm. not necessarily valid for every single man um, in business or in family. But generally, the men have the ability to focus on one thing and go, 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 go. And they do not get distracted as easily as we do. Mm. Mm. Because as we take on the role of mothers, as we take on the role of partners, but there's a lot more on our plate that we tend to want to tend to. Mm. And um, in my experience, the men have that, have that ability to switch off everything else and just focus on one specific task at hand, and they get it done a lot faster. I think that is also why there's more CEOs that are men, there are more business owners that are men. However, I can see that there's a huge shift in mm -hmm. women taking up that challenge and, and moving forward in all mm -hmm. of those areas as well. Mm -hmm. Excellent observations. You mentioned um, one of the kind of not dangerous, but consequences of being high achieving is um, there's some challenges that come with it. Drifting, you, you, you said um, you were mentored so you wouldn't drift into the drama and you kind of alluded to there being distractions. Can you elaborate more on those? Well, yeah, the, the distractions as such are oftentimes for me, that is my family asking for help, my friends calling in for certain things, um, getting sidetracked on other business opportunities, getting sidetracked on wanting to do more courses. I love to study and I love to learn. So for me, it's a, a distraction can be wanting to learn too many things at the same time and getting too many mm. things on my plate. Mm. And focusing on my mindset, having that clarity of where it is I want to go and what the path is for me to get there, mm. Keeping, keeping my focus on that helps me not stray and being able to say no to things, learning to say no to invitations, learning to say no to requests, learning to say no to family, learning mm. to say no to friends on certain things that will not take me to my end goal mm. has been key to be able to keep my focus on, on what it is that I want to do and move forward constantly moving forward it's like you're psychic and just speaking to like my life in the last <laughs> in the last two months um you know before we started recording I mentioned that I'm relocating and yes. um I had to really I took months out to reflect what do I really want to do and then there was friction friction internally um but oh god I'll have to then say no to A, B, C, D, mm. E, F, G, because I knew that my plate would be too full. Too full. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of actually implementing, and so I knew for like two, three months, all the people and all the things I needed to say no to. <laughs> and I would keep procrastinating, uh, letting them know that, yeah, this can't work anymore. And each time I'd need to make that phone call or send an email, there would be slight vomit in the back of my throat. <laughs> Where it was like, oh God, I have to do this. I have to say no. But then I, the way I dealt with it was reframing mm -hmm. and said to myself, it's not about me saying no to someone or something. It's about me saying yes to me. 
to you. Yes. And yes. Quite, quite yes. frankly, I matter more than my perceived projection of what they think. Because a lot of the time, we're scared of saying no because of, of our perception, yes. what the response will be, which is not necessarily the same as the reality we make that assumption that people will react in a certain way. And then in the end, when we do say no, they go, oh, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. So I sat on this for months and all I had to do was just say this and you just say, yeah, that's fine. Best of luck. Yes. I'm like, oh, okay. And I think also when we, when we say, when we give an honest no to mm. anything really, it, when it's really an honest no or an honest yes, everything flows. And mm. even if you say yes to something you don't want to really say yes to, there's always obstacles, things will go wrong. You know, it, mm. it's like the energy field can feel that you did not really want to go there. And things will keep happening to steer you back to your no, but we don't mm. listen to that. You know, it's that intuition that when I, I, I use, I've learned to use my intuition and to listen to my body when I want to make a decision and see how my stomach reacts when I want to say yes or no to something. Hmm. And if I'm in doubt, I will sit with it for a while and not say anything until I get clarity on whether I really want it. And usually when I have doubts about something, it's a no. Hmm. Because in general, when there's something that I want to say yes to, I say yes immediately. It comes naturally to say, yes, I'm all in. Hmm. That's really interesting. And I do, from what I've observed as well, is again, I, don't, I hate generalizing, guys. I hate it. But I've just noticed some patterns that it tends to be we women that struggle more with saying no yes. than men. And, and I wonder why that is. Why they're able not to feel compulsion to people, please. They don't have that guilt and sh- I, I'm not sure if shame is quite a heavy word, but there's this, there's this dread at the back of, you know, one's mind mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to let them down. And, you know, it's interesting because it's something that I've seen and I notice, I mean, you're in Africa, I'm European, I'm in Latin America, and mm. it is something that happens all over the world with women. Because in general, we are raised to support. We are, we, it's like something that is imprinted into our DNA that we're there to support others, to serve others, hmm. to please others in, yeah. in different levels and different. It all comes with, with their cultures. It's slightly different, but the root of it is the same. Hmm. Because we as women naturally are nurturers because we are the ones that bring the children. We carry a child in our womb. For those of us that have the the distinct honor of being moms, we have carried and nurtured that child in our belly, brought it to the world, nurtured it to become um, a a healthy child and adult and so forth. So I think it is something that is within our nature to want to please and to want to support and help. And saying no to those requests Mm. can takes it takes a lot of inner work and it takes personal power to be able to say no and to as you said you know say yes to yourself first yeah yeah and it's like in the airplane whenever the oxygen masks come down what do they tell you put yours on first before you put it on for anyone else yeah exactly so saying yes to yourself in any occasion whether that's in a relationship, whether that's in business, whether that's with your children, whatever it is, 
if you mm. say yes to yourself first, then you are empowered to do more for others. Mm-hmm. And then you make that conscious choice, whether you want to go there or not. And if helping others or doing things for others is helping you get where you want. Mm. And it may sound selfish, but I have found over the years that that is the healthiest way for me to operate is to say yes to myself first and mm. then check whether I have energy, whether I feel like it, whether I have the means to support others in their requests. So, 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 so true. And you spoke a little bit about intuition, about how you use your intuition to kind of as a compass when you're making decisions. Can you speak more about that? Because I think it's something that we've we don't speak enough about in the business world. It's kind of like it's been woo-wooized only yes. for those healers, spiritual people. But I believe that we all have intuition. We all do. And our intuition is something we're born with it. And that's how children operate. If you watch, if you observe small children, they will go with mm. their intuition and make decisions like that mm. because they're still very in tune. But we learn as we go along to abide by the rules, to stick to standards, to obey the the adults around us based mm. on their perceptions and so on. So we lose that connection or it's, it's like it's blocked. Mm. And it took me many, many years. And it's only recent, I think, for the past 10 years that I've learned to tap back into my intuition Because I would get, if I would make decisions, I would have that pattern of feeling sick to my stomach when I would make decisions that were not good for myself, for me. Mm. So it's my stomach, you know, in English, it's the gut feeling. Mm. And it is the gut, that, that gut feeling is your intuition speaking to you, you know, and we all have different um, ways of that manifesting. For me, it is in my stomach. I can feel it in the pit of my stomach if something's off, if somebody is in a different energy level than me. And I kind of repel people when I tend to step back. Mm. It's my body telling me, don't go there, you know, Mm. and learning to listen to that intuition um, has saved me for many, many um, faux pas, you know, because we, we all make mistakes. And that is, that is something it's a learning curve as we go through business, as we become parents, as we go into relationships, we make mistakes and that's normal. But the more you learn to listen to your body, to your intuition, the healthier your choices become. And mm. uh, the, more, the more attuned you are with, with, um, with your purpose or with your goals or with whatever it is that you would like to uh, achieve in life. Powerful. You kind of alluded to the fact that we're, kind of, we're born with this natural intuition. But for mm-hmm. some reason, our senses get dull to our inner guide, our inner compass. For those that are like, hmm, I, I, I'm a bit curious and like to explore, become more conscious in being guided by my intuition, what tips do you have for them? Um, well, as I, as I mentioned, when, when I need to make a decision, I will sit with that. And it's something that I learned in Transcendental Rebirthing is sit with the question. Whenever you have a, an important question, just if you meditate sit with take that question within your meditation if you pray take that question into your prayer if you take long walks take that with you on your walk or your run or your swim or whatever it is that you do and have that question just sit there don't overthink it but have the question linger and usually you will come up with an answer Mm. that is true to yourself 
But it is important to block out everybody else's opinions because we tend to ask that question to our parents. We ask the question to our spouse. We ask the question to friends. We ask that question to people we don't even know. And we Mm. ask them for their opinions and their opinion may be biased. Their opinion is theirs. Mm. And for me, it has worked to when I have an important decision to make to just let the question sink in. And usually something that maybe this may may work for, for you, for your listeners. If you have a question that you're sitting with and you can't find the answer before you go to bed, before you go to sleep, ask that question and then let it go. Usually during our sleep, our mm. subconscious will bring the answer forward and you will wake up. It, it, it could be, I can wake up in the middle of the night and if I have it. <laughs> this is what I'm going to do or wake up in the morning and come and sit down in my office and things start flowing, you know, without having a specific answer, my subconscious will guide me into the right direction to take the actions that are needed to answer that question. I, don't, I hope that makes sense. No, it completely makes the mind is such a powerful muscle yes. um, and it retains so much stimuli information during the day, whether consciously or unconsciously so this isn't even necessarily woo it's just science right mm-hmm. it's like um like you said when you were sleeping your subconscious becomes more prominent and you're able to synthesize information a bit better and when you wake up i often wake up with full clarity on many yes. things like i just know i need to do that or there's an article that i've been struggling to write and i can't find the words to write in the morning Sometimes I wake up at like four in the morning and it's just like, it's just all comes out like vomit. Like I'm like, yes. oh God, I've been sitting on this for like a week and suddenly it just all comes to, to life. So the mind is such a powerful muscle. Um, you mentioned something about we need to become more conscious, right? We as women in particular need to become more conscious of saying yes to us and no to things that are not necessarily in alignment with mm-hmm. who we are and what we want. I'm intrigued. You've got a daughter that's a teenager. Yes. Um, with all your life lessons and your journey that you've gone through in gaining more consciousness, being guided, allowing your intuition to kind of um, lead you, what lessons or how, how has this influenced the way you're raising her? Oof, it's been huge. Uh, the difference with how I was raised and how I'm raising my daughter is very big. Because I've broken with many patterns. And it's not that the patterns that I've been passed down are bad. It's just that they're not working for us, for my daughter and myself. They're, they were just not working. That dynamic did not click with us. And I think, and I've seen her do things and I've seen her react. And I've, I've heard answers from my daughter that are a clear indicator that she has taken on that example that I'm giving her standing in my power as a woman, standing in my personal power, Mm. making very clear choices has given her that example. And our children will copy most of what we do, not necessarily all of it, but most of it. Mm. So becoming more conscious myself and automatically I have, I am passing that example on to her and she is picking up on it. And she will clearly speak her mind if something is if something is off for her, she will say no. Mm. And she's very, very strong. She has a very powerful, honest no. And Mm. that is because I have been doing that constantly with everything and everyone around me. I will say yes or no. I will be very clear and very firm. So she picks up on that. 
you know, and I think that is one of the things that I can see. And also um, being clear as a mom, not going into drama, not, hmm. not leaning into the drama. I mean, I, I think we all... You've mentioned this drama three times now. Explain when you say the drama. Explain the drama, what you mean. The drama hmm. is the situation where life happens and you go, like in the, in the movies or in the TV series, you go, oh, my God. I'm such a victim. Yeah. You know, drama for me is going into victimhood. Uh-huh. You know, oh, I'm such a victim of the situation. Poor me. The mm-hmm. pandemic has ruined everything and so on and so on. You know, that is the drama for me. And I do not go there because I own my decisions. I own my words. I, I'm just owning it, whether it's good or bad. And I accept that I make mistakes. And I have spoken with my daughter about that. Yeah, but mom, but this and that happened. Yes, I understand. And I know for a fact that I made a mistake and I apologize for that. Mm. And then we move on. You know, We correct whatever can be corrected. If something can't be corrected, it is what it is. And we move forward with what we can deal with and what we can handle. Mm. And I think that if we teach that to our children, they become emotionally more intelligent as well because they learn that, there is no room for manipulation through the drama, you know, <laughs> because women, we are experts in, in leaning into manipulation and, and go, oh, poor me. I so need your help, please. You know, but if we own our situation, our life, our everything that's going on and that is sitting with our emotions, living through them. And if it's painful, it is painful, but the the pain is there, but the suffering is optional. Something I I heard that many many years ago. Mm-hmm. I do not know who the author is, but I have taken that and I'm taking that with me everywhere because there is pain. Hmm. Life brings up painful situations as it does joyous situations, and it is what it is. You you live through it, you accept it, you live through it, and then you move forward without going into victimhood and into drama, and oh, teaching that. that modeling that to my daughter I think is helping her stand in her personal power and she doesn't go into drama mode that's incredible that's just the quote that you mentioned about the distinction between pain and suffering oh that's so freeing so 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 freeing um and I love what you keep kind of alluding to the importance of an authentic yes Mm -hmm. and an authentic no no point in saying a yes or a no that's half-assed and you don't really mean it because the energy behind the words that you yes. say are just as important as oh, yes. the words that you say in of themselves. Absolutely. Right? That's mm-hmm. the, the power of our words is huge. And, and even and if we, it, I can take it to an extreme of lying to yourself when you really mm-hmm. don't feel like doing something. You say yes, because it's expected of you. You say yes, because they're very insistent, insistent. You say yes because you have to. Have to. Oof, the have tos are so big. And there's so many. I have to make breakfast. I have to take care of my children. I have to tend to the business. I have to go to the office. If you choose that, I have to. By I choose to go to the office. I choose to take care of my children. I choose to prepare dinner. I choose to. The weight falls off. There Mm. is no external pressure on you to do those things because it's a conscious choice. And that is part of becoming more conscious. 
making a choice and not an imposition, an external imposition. That's so powerful. And another thing that I find as um, <laughs> I want to say this in a way that's very respectful, but being surrounded by high achievers, um, they can be go-getters and drivers and mm -hmm. very persistent and trying to influence, right? Having clarity of what is it, it is that I really, truly want, like you said, um, it, it is like lying to yourself when you'll be clouded by everyone else's expectations of you. Shining through as owning an authentic yes and an authentic no, actually, I find that people respect that a lot more yeah. and they honor and respect your decision. It's like, well, yeah, on a typical day, I would persist and persist and push for this. But I see that this lady is just standing her ground and just not caving in, doesn't seem to exude any sense of desperation for affirmation or mm -hmm. um, desperation for um, your approval. And when they see that, it's just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> You do you. <laughs> you do you. We do we. I do me. You do yeah. you. Yeah. And I think as high achievers, and especially when we're in business, it's important to be able to say no. Because mm -hmm. if we say yes to so many things, as you said earlier, you get too many things on your plate. And it's, I, I always think of it as the, the, the person in the circus that has these sticks with the plates spinning. Mm -hmm. You know, how many plates can you keep can spinning you spin? at the same time? You know, and 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 bring in the children, and bring in the household, and bring in all of all of the drama that's around us. If you decide which plates you want to keep, mm -hmm. putting your energy into to keep them spinning, and saying no, as you said, is very powerful, and people will respect that. And usually, high achieving business people or high, high achievers in general, when somebody says no to me. Mm -hmm. I'm totally fine with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't go into, oh, well, but please, mm -hmm. I don't go beg. Sure. I don't, okay, yeah. if you don't want to do this or you can't do this, I will find you figure I out. do it. I'll figure out a way to do it with someone else or in a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, there is always a solution, always. <laughs> Anything mm -hmm. that is considered a problem that has a solution becomes an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And you do not have to insist on somebody especially if somebody doesn't want to do something stop insisting because if they end up doing it for you they will end up doing it in a bad way they will end up doing it they'll be grouchy about it and then in the end things won't work out anyway so that would be my my two cents stop insisting if somebody really says no respect that no 100 100% gosh I've really enjoyed having you on Severine I've It's been such a nice discussion, just heart to heart. If anyone would like to get hold of you, how best can they reach you? Um, you can find me on social media as Coach Severine Nassens and also on the highachievingparents.com. Uh, on my website, there's the, the links to all the podcast episodes and um, my contact information is in there as well. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Oh my goodness, I just love that episode. It's just, it's one that when I listen to, because I've listened to it several times, I feel light, I feel inspired, and I feel just energized and empowered. I think for me, what I love the most about Severine's message is that 
we all have a second chance. And she writes about this on her website about how she she believes in second chances. And I think for a lot of us, we shame ourselves, we speak down to ourselves, we belittle ourselves when on the first chance we don't perform as we intended to. But it's really about coming to oneself with self-compassion, with um, a learner's mindset to embrace a second chance because the truth of the matter is a second chance is optional. It's our choice to to rise to the occasion and embrace a second chance. And we can choose to do this as individuals, as parents, as business owners, and and in our relationships and seek to ensure that we we come with curiosity and a desire to learn and be better and be stronger as a result of that. I absolutely love that message about we all have a second chance. And she's also a big advocate for communication. Communication is everything and is what is key to enabling one to be high performing, juggling a business and being fully present as a parent. And this is everything, being present. <laughs> being present, it can be a challenge, right? But um, communication is absolutely critical. So I love Severine because this is congruent with who she is. Her What she helps folks with is what she's been through herself. And so if you want to reach out to her, I'd absolutely recommend that. And she's very well versed in what she does too. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Take good care and God bless you.